feel bad that we couldn't promote the show. I mean, you know, it's what gonna, show? Joe's you, Pub? The show, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. don't worry about it. Why? Well, I, I want over. I want to start by making people feel bad that they missed it. <laughs> we can make people feel bad in other ways. Okay. I mean, that's that. That's that's. Is that liberating to do? Just to have it like I did a thing, and now it's in the ether, and yeah. it's gone forever. Yeah, it's nice. It's disposable. It's a lot of work for something disposable. It's like the the sand paintings that the mm. uh, Buddhists do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Are those, they is that sit what on that the is? Floor mm-hmm. with the, yeah, 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 yeah. It's that's what theater is. Yeah. And um, sometimes you are lucky enough to have somebody make it into something else, which is like a concert film. Mm. And there's some beautiful concert films like. Stop making sense and mm. um, Liza with a Z. Bob Fosse <laughs> directed it, so every <laughs> shot corresponds to his choreography, yeah. and it's just brilliant. But um, but yeah, like theater isn't necessarily meant to be documented in a traditional kind of way, unless you're doing something different with it, like like those guys. Well, this is because this is like I don't know. This seems to be the the thing that comedians do now mm-hmm. is you know I'm going to go out and I'm going to work on an hour of comedy mm-hmm. and then I'm going to create some sort of definitive document that will be around yes, forever. That would be wise of me and, and also intelligent. <laughs> yeah. If I were to have uh, say taped it and yep. then put it out for say a fee, then that probably would have been smarter. Yeah. But I, what I do is also not the same thing as what standups do. What, okay, tell me, I mean, again, let's make feel, people feel bad that Terrible. they weren't there and, what and that, they, what? that they missed a cabaret show. <laughs> yeah. What, 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 did, what did the show entail? I just, uh, I, I talk and I sing songs and I put my own point of view on them. And my mm-hmm. friend Rachel Lichtman, who's brilliant, brilliant, brilliant filmmaker and video editor, uh, makes videos that go along with the songs. And then I also um, wrote, uh, I write original stuff as well. And I write medleys. And then I, I wrote an original, like, kind of spoken word piece in the mm-hmm. middle of this 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 particular show that was kind of like... Influenced by Bruce McCullough's spoken wordy kind yeah. of his albums, I guess. Sure. I don't really know what the form is called. Some people said to like me like comedy oh, with guitar in background. Comedy with guitar in my case it was piano, but um, but yeah, that's sort of what it was. And then people came after and they like I love that poem, and I thought oh poem a eh? yeah yeah it was, it was a it was the deaf poetry moment as well. But it's it's theater it's cabaret it's like it's musical comedy essentially and it's not it's not terribly broad but it's like i like to think of it as like a hedwiggy kind of experience that sounds pretty that sounds pretty broad <laughs> you but it's yeah i guess that's funny because i don't think of hedwig as broad i think of I hedwig mean, as like, like the word cabaret to me the word cabaret does denote broadness which is why i made a point to be okay. like it's not it's not like a boozy sort of dirty martini piano bar experience yeah. i'm not in fact this this particular show i didn't sing any show tunes i did a medley of ben folds and stephen schwartz which is the closest thing i came to singing any musical theater because i think that the those two guys are connected in a way that's like like umbilical. It's like a little disturbing. Um, th- their songs overlap. Uh, in my book, I called uh, Ben Fold's music "Pippin with a Yeast Infection." Mm-hmm. So, but I still like it. I just don't. I just think that like it's not. It's not cool, right? Mm. Ben Fold's is not cool. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I still like his his. He's Billy Joel-ish, right? He's Billy Joel-ish, yeah. which is, it means that he's a prodigy and brilliant. But anyway, I did this. I wrote this medley where I combined their their songs, and uh, and that's really cool. I'm super proud of that. But beyond that, it's really not like I'm singing, you know, um, Over the Rainbow. You know, or Not that I'm averse to, like, I, I love I love cabaret shows. You don't shows. Just dance. And... Not yet. Yeah. <laughs> no, very little dancing. Very little dancing. 
yeah, I just can't, you know, I, I, and I guess, you know, even, even, even in the sort of like disposable culture, like just to work so hard on something. And- well, what's nice about it and what is liberating about it is that I can say things on stage that I don't, mm. you know, want on the record. <laughs> Racism. Yeah, but no, I don't. I don't have a racist <laughs> bone in my body. I have a racist bone in a jar on my desk. Right, that was the thing Stephen King used to say. Right, I have the heart of a small boy <laughs> oh, in a jar on my desk. It sounds like something. It's you a good say. one, no. Uncle Stevie. The wit, the uh, the wit of the staircase. The wit of Uncle Stevie's staircase. Mm. What was I talking about? Uh, oh, uh, it's, uh, it's uh, yeah, ether and working hard on something. Yeah, and it's nice it not... to be more honest. Yeah, because I do feel more honest when I'm in like you know like a like a small theater and you're you're sharing an experience with people but i that's that's weird because like you know like oh i i, I can be mean and sad and angry and well, yeah, yeah but i could be all these things in front of like in the in, the, in front of like a, a, a crowd of people versus mm-hmm. like you do a podcast every week where you just talk mm-hmm. into a microphone but that is on El record yeah. and people can always take your words out of context and qu- I mean they could do that too at a live show yeah. and in fact I, I remember that like whole you know Tosh thing and yeah, the yeah, yeah. like you know Patton wrote a thing about like don't don't blog about what people are doing at you know alternative comedy shows they're trying out material and like it, it just it's not good and creatively to you know over blog live uh, performance mm. i think well i thought it, that, that's kind of a recording thing right i mean that's like a don't you don't want your jokes yeah you don't want your jokes out there but i think it's also like you don't want your process out there like mm. there's stuff that you need to figure out yeah. you need to figure out if it's good or not and unless you try it you can't know like my show on monday was a completely not completely different but it was a different show than it was on tuesday and friday because we learned as we went what worked and what but, needed but to you're, be but you're literally figuring out monday for friday uh yeah, you can tell what works and what doesn't really yeah. quickly. Yeah, and and say like that this felt long. Let's swap these songs. Um, this th- th- this this is a- an idea I really like, but it doesn't have like a setup punchline cadence to it. So mm. let's put it in those terms. But and- I mean, again, like you're you're mm-hmm. working toward Friday. You're not working toward. Well, I was working toward the destination of having like yeah. a completed piece when I started it on Monday. But you always have to approach live theater with a certain amount of flexibility. That unfortunately is the reason why people go through a million a million readings for plays that they wrote well that's also just a way to dick people around in theater because there's a lot of dicking of one around in theater um because it's not the most financially advantageous model i imagine like there's people who donate to theater are called angels which is never good if you're like evoking you know (laughs) miracles and spirituality um in a relatively reason-based you know platform like making money this angel. Oh, I thought you meant like theater, but no theater. So the people who give money to like the people who yeah. are you know go on stage at the Tonys when um, you know uh, a gentleman's guide to love and murder wins best musical is there's just like this pack of people because they all gave money and they're all producers. So you know Ethel Moskowitz is an angel. Yeah, you know that's yeah. uh, and now she's dead so she's te- she's technically an angel <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah exactly but i do think there's some more freedom with with live theater yeah yeah don't you or no uh yeah do i don't see i don't see a lot of i i know which is right like, I'm no like in it's New okay York, i just don't but you don't. like comedy live comedy performance yeah, you like stand up or rock show okay that stand up show i just don't see i don't know i don't know well, what it yeah I, I don't know what it is I, it's hard for me to um well you know what's tough about seeing plays i find yeah the first 
line of every play, in my opinion, should be, you're watching a play. (laughs) Because there is such a... You really have to cut across a lot of like, oh, yeah. You're sitting down, the lights come up, and it's always like someone being like, you know, it's it's this and it's that, and any minute now, yeah, like there's just always some line where you're like, I'm so squidgy, and well, I mean, I and just have you to get, get into around it, but... the fact that I'm like sitting in a theater watching people on stage. Yes, I mean, it's even super. That is... It's it's weird. Yeah. It's weird, but at the same time, like you would sit across from a dinner table with somebody really fascinating, mm-hmm. and they would tell you a story, and you'd be, you know, hopefully enraptured, and that's the similar idea. Yeah, you know? I, well, I, so, yes and no. I mean, that's 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 more like stand-up or that's more like you know that, stand-up that's, is theater i hate to like blow your mind no, no. but yeah <laughs> no you're making me rethink everything about my Good. life everything but, you should you know uh i don't know i i, I guess i i guess it's different it seems it feels different somebody literally telling a story versus watching actors act in a thing no you're right and i don't think what i did is traditional theater in that way i yeah. think it's way closer to what you see which is live rock music yeah. and stand-up but um I don't know. There's like, and I get what you mean about like the artifice of theater being unsettling. Um, have you ever seen any plays that you liked? Oh, I've been to, yeah, well. True West. Have you seen True West? No. Okay. Sounds good though. It was all right. What is I it? saw I it with Philip Seymour Hoffman, who's okay. dead now, but yeah. he was in it with John C. Riley, and the two of them switched roles every night. Oh, yeah, yeah, Remember yeah, yeah, that yeah, production? Yeah, 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 and it yeah. was really cool. Yeah. No, I, that, that's the one thing that makes me want to go see live theaters. I want to go see an actor that I like in things, yes. stand on stage and do something. Do you ever read plays? Mm-mm. That might be a good step. I can't do that either. Why? I don't know. Can it's, you read screenplays? No, it's hard for me to read dialogue. I, Why? I, I don't know. I don't know what it is. It's huh. just, yeah, I can't, I you, can't. You can't hear two voices in your head and sort of like maintain the viewer experience while you're reading. It's just not. A, I guess it's just not a very pleasurable experience. For me. You don't like. Just, you don't like reading dialogue on the page. Dialogue and 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 mm-hmm. stage direction. Mm-hmm. And I okay. would just rather read prose. Sure. No, I don't judge you. No, I'm just curious. I, yeah, no. yeah. No, I don't see a ton of plays either. I love musicals. Though. Yeah. Do you, this, uh, this is interesting. Do you, do you think? I mean, your favorite m- movie musicals are mm-hmm. they directed by people who direct a lot of movie musicals? No, no, it's different. Music, movie musicals are very different than musicals okay. that so? you would see on stage. It's just a different art form. It's like saying, "What's the difference between like a a painting and an illustration?" Yeah. It's just different. Okay. Yeah, there are people who like. There's a reason why Frank Oz made Little Shop. Like, that's a. It's like the Muppet movie. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's a very different kind of like you know. It's almost like an, it's the same pace as like. The electric company. It's got a very specific. Yeah, but but you know, I mean, that's that's. I think that's a case, and and maybe it's because he directed it and the people mm-hmm. who were in it that I think like divorced of those mm-hmm. songs. It would still be an entertaining. Really, comedy movie. you think so? I do. Interesting. Um, or like you know, I, I actually I, I'm one of the few people who likes Robert Altman's Popeye. Oh, you like Popeye? Yeah, that's interesting. I do actually like this. That's song. a great. I, I that's like a great Harry movie musical. Harry Nelson's yeah. fucking brilliant. Harry Nelson Th- and Paul Williams. Those are songs Williams. that I would listen to, I would actually listen to. Very odd blondes of the 70s, you know? <laughs> Harry Nelson, Paul yeah. Williams. Do you think cocaine made their hair blonder? I don't, Harry Nelson wasn't that blonde. He wasn't Paul Williams blonde. Yeah, but he, he was also like, he had that sort of style that like Brian Wilson kind of like, do I have to get out of this robe? style oh yeah 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 mm-hmm. he was a he was a he was an alcoholic and mm-hmm. he 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 
sang he blew his he blew his yeah there was blood on the mic right yeah yeah that's not that's not fun yeah um so you're so you're in new york you're yeah you live you live you live in new york if you call it living (laughs) (laughs) it's pretty it's pretty good Uh, i don't know this is pretty pretty i lived in this apartment apartment forever yeah I've lived here since 2000. It's a it's a super interesting building because it's like an it's a nice apartment. It's it, it, it's 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 an it's Thank a you. nice exterior. It's a nice lobby. It's a nice apartment. Mm-hmm. The halls look like a hotel. I know the halls are weird. I know, and I have these neighbors now that like, oh, they have dogs, and I I love dogs, but mm. my na- my next door neighbor's dog is really loud, and yeah. and um, the other dog I like. I have no issues with the other dog and the other neighbor for that matter but they like they play with their dogs in the hallway during the day like there's like fetch mm. and and there's there's like a lot there's of a dog park like i know three blocks that way. and there's a there's also a courtyard outside yeah. of this building why would you do that i don't know but it it gets it gets on my nerves because it's loud and and i yeah, lo- like i said no, i love no, no one loves you know animals no, more there's than me, no but there's no call for that I'm There's not into it. It's really loud, and I, I work from home, and it, and it and it bugs me. Is that cranky of me? No, no. You shouldn't mm. be playing. Like the kids shouldn't be running up and down the halls either. Yeah, that's pretty much the equivalent. Yeah, yeah. that's pretty much what it is. I mean, there's. I mean, there there are there are there are facilities for exactly the thing for fetch. I don't know. Maybe it just maybe it can't be with other dogs. Yeah, fetch fetch in the hallway has become a thing in this building yeah. in the last like. What wasn't going on when I was going to LA then I came back from LA and that dog was that dog was different next door the dog was like barkier when I went to LA the mm-hmm. dog was fine now the dog's barkier and then this other dog moved in his name maybe is his whiskey what maybe it's barkier because it doesn't ever go outside he goes outside all the fucking time no. you know what his well, thing is he goes is? outside all the yeah, time he and goes they out play time, yes because his, his his owner is a real estate person guy who what's that called broker realtor who like shows people apartments and stuff yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you really almost broke out into a Billy Joel did song. I yeah what what song? He got Piano Man there. Oh, did I? Yeah. His tonic and gin, younger man's club. This is the worst writing. That is the it's not worst. A good. It is inexcusably bad writing. The lyrics to Piano yeah. Man are humiliating. <laughs> like the the fact that he is not ashamed mm. says everything you need to know about. Well, there, actually, there's a lot more to Billy Joel. That you need to know, but but the biggest thing is that he's not ashamed that he wrote. Do you think? I I don't know. Do you think that? Do you think? Do you think anybody has, has gone up to Billy Joel and asked him whether he regrets writing those lyrics thirty years ago? I don't think you need to. I think the proof is in the pudding. I think he plays that song. It's just it's his signature it's, song. Yeah, but you know what else is crazy about Billy Joel? He's got like seven signature songs. Yeah, but he's but he, that's the but that's the, like he can't. He doesn't seem to me like a man who has if he didn't play that song. The self-awareness nor the uh you know he's this he's he's packed with hubris like he (laughs) he thinks that he thinks that he's a good uh writer and he's a and he's an incredible like what is that he's he's got like the melody mind Mm -hmm. it's like elton john and bernie bernie toppin or or tim rice and andrew lloyd weber brian wilson and And everybody else yeah yeah i was gonna say mike love but that's oh I'm so glad you mentioned Mike Love. Oh yeah, you want to talk about Mike Love? Well, he's human garbage, right? Like he's like yeah. the most hated man in rock and roll. I Is there like anyone worse than Mike Love? Billy Joel. I, you know, I'm. I don't know. I, I'm starting to feel bad for 
Don't. Mike Love. No, don't you dare. That's what he wants you to feel. You're falling into his trap if you feel bad for Mike Love. Do not feel bad for Mike Love. Mike Love is a prick and he's got it made and he's laughing at you while he's pissing on your car. He's doing all right. I just, I don't know. I guess relatively of all the people who were horrible to Brian Wilson, maybe he wasn't the worst. No. Maybe that's the nicest thing I I can say about Mike Love. You know, it was the worst to Brian Wilson as God. I mean, Mm. if we're really going to like put it in those terms. Yeah. But Mike Love made fun of my friend Alex's friend when they were like, I don't know, 12 and they went to see the Beach Boys and they were in the front row and like his friend brought in a slice of pizza and like Mike Love was like making fun of him for the like bringing in pizza. (laughs) (laughs) He was like really mean to this little kid. 12 year old. Okay. That makes me. Okay. I'm thank you for that. Yeah. Because I really like that's I was starting to feel I was starting to feel bad for him because everyone people are ganging up on. No, people have justifiably. Also, like in rock and roll, you have to be a really horrible person for most people to not like you because a lot of, you know, being terrible is considered charming. Or I cute. mean, you, you, you legitimately think that Mike Love is the He's worst. He's a bad person. He, he is a bad man. There are a lot of bad people in rock and roll. Who else is bad? All those idiots in like Skid Row and Motley Crue and those, those yeah. guys. I, I don't, I never like people told me, read that book. It's funny. And I, I said, no, I don't want to read that book. I don't, I don't think their escapades were funny. I I think I think rock and roll, as with a lot of show business, is, is something you if if you're charming you can get away with a lot. Sure, and you it rewards bad behavior. Yeah. It's an industry that rewards bad behavior. But I don't think that when it comes down to it, you can tell the difference between a good person and a bad person. And Mike Love is a bad person. <laughs> and honestly, that pizza story is like the tamest yeah. one in the world. There's a no, million no, but that stories really, about but him that being really, an asshole. Like, that I think that really he's that a really bad man because because you're like because you know if you tell me a story about Mike Love being a being a dick to his bandmates I'll be like whatever everybody everybody's a dick to their bandmates right but the story about him yelling at a twelve year old child about in the of this concert yeah bringing pizza yeah into yeah a Beach Boys yeah, yeah he's a terrible person yeah. okay so so you were in L A for yeah okay yeah and you're you're that rare breed of comedy people who moved back to New York. I was just there for a job, okay. but I I love New York. I live in New York. I yeah. I hope to stay here. I hope you know. I hope to live here for a long time. I, I am always happy to go to L.A. I'm mm-hmm. always happy to visit L.A. I'm yeah. always happy to, you know. I love working. Yeah, <laughs> it's sort of like my favorite it's not a thing. Good place though. I don't, uh, I wasn't. I've had really great experiences there, yeah. and this past experience it wasn't the best because I, I lived in a really terrible neighborhood, and I wouldn't recommend living in Hollywood. And mm-hmm. I lived in Hollywood because I just wanted to get to my job really fast, which was in the valley. Mm-hmm. I probably should have just lived in the valley, but yeah, it was it was. Um, what were you it's doing? A bummer. The the the, val- the only like there's studios okay. there. Locked. It's like porn, porn mostly though. No, not mostly, but but pro- yeah, probably mostly yeah. actually. There's it's also the the like culture of. Like a valley village, like that sort of, or like that's, um, uh, like over Laurel Canyon, okay. um, Studio City, yeah. it's called Studio yeah, City, yeah, yeah. so it's got studios, sure. But the, so the literal city of studios, the culture of porn there, man, is like, oh, it, it really, it really makes me sad. Well, like, they're all moving out because of the. What's happening? We're, what's, do you know about this? No, about the the condom legislation. Is that is that being enforced? I, thought so so they all have to wear condoms and yeah. they're gonna like digitally remove them or something i think they're just gonna move shop to a different state to a different state where they uh-huh. don't have to wear condoms i i i'm very skeptical of that because to me well yeah los angeles revenue, and california yeah. is so synonymous with 
corniness. You know, it's right next door to Las Vegas. There's a reason why Las Vegas is right next to Los Angeles. It's because those cultures, quote unquote, bleed into each other. And it's a culture of objectifying women and, and, and treating people like dum-dums and stealing their money and laughing at them when they look down at a stain that isn't there on their shirts. And it's a bummer, man. Like, <laughs> and, the, and the porn culture of, like, driving back, you know, into Hollywood and passing, like, vivid entertainment. Yeah. And this office building that just says vivid on the side of it. Like, completely, like, like you know, no, no paper bag needed around mm. that. You like go in morning, Dave. Same thing with fucking Flint Publications. There's a goddamn Flint Publications building that is a landmark in Los Angeles. Well, yeah, there was a, there was like a hustler club in Times Square. I mean, those. But that's a club. Yeah, but it's got. The... It doesn't affect our skyline in a significant way, <laughs> and it isn't a cornerstone of industry. And it's an industry out there. Yeah. Yes, Larry Flint has his own building. That is gross. All right. So, so what were, actually, what was the what was the job in in LA? I worked for I write I wrote for um, John Mulaney's show. Okay. Yeah, and okay. it was it, it's a great show. It really is. It's so funny and smart, and he's yeah. just brilliant. Yeah. Nobody's nobody's. Um, I've never worked with anybody like like John Mulaney. He's so smart. He's so funny. I, I his his brain spews out perfect morsels like the way that the ocean turns rocks into sand like he just spits mm-hmm. out sand <laughs> he's just absolutely incredible to behold in the good way he spits oh out yeah yeah. yeah yeah he's really brilliant but but you I mean, you you move back to new york mm-hmm. which again like you know it's like there's i mean i'm obviously not the first person to say this but mm-hmm. there's been this mass exodus of mm-hmm. comedy people everybody's moving to la and it seems like if you really want to be serious mm-hmm. whatever that means about you know being in comedy professionally you you move to LA and yeah. stay in LA well I'm as serious as a heart attack yeah and I also <laughs> it's funny like I it's there's it's a combination of like I'm too old for this shit sort of thing like if I was 20 and you told me that I'd be like oh you've got a good, you got a good point but at this point it's like I I love what I do I love working um, I love living in New York. I, I consider myself someone who does a lot of different things, even though I'm in comedy. And um, and I hope I can make that make that work from where I am because I think New York informs me as a writer and as a creator more than mm-hmm. any other place because you're surrounded by people yeah. that are really interesting and really smart and come to the city for different reasons besides wanting to be famous and wanting to be in show business. But you, you don't, you, you know, you didn't say, you, you don't say like, you know, I'm not 20 anymore from the mm-hmm. standpoint of like, you're not ambitious anymore. I mean, clearly. No, it's like, I'm not starting out. Okay. It's not like I'm, you know, well, I guess I'll try it on the West coast. Seems yeah. to be like where the opportunities are. Maybe I'll take an improv class. Like I'm not taking suggestions anymore <laughs> you know what i mean like i'm taking work and mm-hmm. if there's work then i'll go out i'll, I'll chase the work i'm yeah. happy to do that oh yeah yeah completely but i don't um you know i don't have the attitude of someone who's you know still just starting out which is honestly a huge relief mm. yeah it was not to say i'm any less hungry or less ambitious but like i'm not going to um i'm just not going to betray myself for something that i want I'm going to make... You're not going to move out there on spec. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, I'll go out there, like I said. But you're not going to go out there and wait for them to come to you. 
No, not right. No, no. Unless not unless like some, you know, circumstance like, you know, I fell in love or there was like, you know, fabulous, fabulous job or I sold a show and it was made more sense to do it out Mm -hmm. there. And that would be. But even that I can see myself like going out there for a certain fixed amount of time and hopefully keeping my apartment because I do love it. I really do love it here. Well, you did you did a, a, a pilot. Recently, yeah, right? yeah, we shot it here. What um, what what's up with what's, what's up, with, up that? with that? It's uh, you know, we're waiting to hear. It's yeah. it's it's good, I think. And T- tell me, tell Lorraine me Newman, as much as you can tell me about Lorraine it. Lorraine Newman. Lorraine Newman did the reading. Andrea Martin plays my mom. Oh wow, she's so good. Oh my god, she's so, <laughs> so she's so talented and funny and. I like that you went from Lorraine Newman to Andrea Martin. I feel like you were just no, in that pocket. I, look, these are all women I love. I love these gals. Um, Andrea Martin played my mom. Billy Eichner and I play best friends mm-hmm. who are sort of frustrated in comedy and watching all of our friends get famous, which is slightly autobiographical. <laughs> and um, we sort of hate everything, but we love each other. And then on top of that, it's sort of, you know... Um, sort of like comedy of manners in a curb your enthusiasm sort of way you know you do things that involve making mistakes socially and they come Mm -hmm. around and bite you in the ass and i shouldn't have tweeted that and that kind of thing um it's not straight up autobiographical though it is no 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 it's not it's not it's definitely um a weirder denser it's very joke dense it Mm. has a lot of jokes in it (laughs) um but it has it has a heart to it and it's it's i think it's good james urbaniak plays my boyfriend Hmm. which i've been meaning to (laughs) to do (laughs) it's cool you write something and you're just like ah you know you snatch it so if this has been floating around, James James Urbaniak as your boyfriend has just been floating around. And I knew he was for... going to be good for the character. Okay. <laughs> you wanted a James Urbaniak type. I wrote it for him. I wrote the part for him. Yeah. Yeah. What is that? What what, what is it? What is a James Urbaniak type? What is he can do anything? Yeah. He's yeah. He's a character actor. Well, yeah. No, like, I, I, I mean supreme. Obviously. But but the thing is, he was ex- he told me he was excited that he got to play, you know, like. My boyfriend yeah. like, said, "Yeah, because he always plays like serial killers or child diddlers or you Robert know, Crumb. yeah, Robert Crumb <laughs> or he's uh, or yeah. he's always like the red herring on some crime show yeah. or like you know, pedophile and another drama or something." So he was excited not to play creep. Yeah, yeah. Um, so so I mean, you've done you've done pilots before. This isn't. I first. haven't starred and written in one okay. though. This was that was really special. It was yeah. really fun. Yeah, it was awesome. It was really great. It was almost like, you know, oh, wow, this is as great as anyone says, you know. <laughs> People are like, oh, you know, when you get what you want, it won't, you'll still be unhappy. And you're like, no, 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 this will do it. <laughs> this is no, pretty but, much a fix. But isn't it, isn't it sort of like, isn't it kind of like the live theater scenario? I, I mean, it's a little different because, you know, you know, the live theater thing is going to end. But I, I was talking to somebody about this recently where it's, I mean, you, you have to, you have to put everything you have into it, but also be willing to. Oh, to just accept. Nah, that it just, no thanks. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, these, totally. That's show business in general. Yeah. Yeah, and you should be putting everything into it. Otherwise, what's the point? Otherwise, just get a day job. And, yeah. Yeah, and be like, oh, this is reasonably creative. No, you 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 have to you have to put everything on the the tape. Like heart eight, right? Yeah. Gambling, 
gambling metaphor. You got to mm-hmm. put it all on the table. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but, but I hope it. I hope it. I hope it gets picked up. I. I really want to write more episodes of it. I think that's a very like kind of sweet reason why I want it to get picked up. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to make yeah. more. I want. Yeah. I want to make more. I want to make more of the things. Yeah. Yeah. I. I love. I love. Um. I love the I love the pilot and I love the show and I hope we get to make more. But you've you've done you've done lots of web things. I mean this could yes. this be a web thing? I do uh no, it's no. a TV show, god damn it. It's but a I'm half an hour TV line, the show. Line is, the line is blurring between the two. No, it's not. You, you can don't still think so? you Well no, I mean, not really. I mean I think maybe you're right. you you work on the internet and I well, well, I no, just I, I just go on the internet to look at cat videos and I, I just I just think that, you know, any of any of these things could have a life on the internet. That's if, all I'm saying. If we are paid to produce a product that is in line with the budget that you would give a TV show and yeah, yeah then then of course we you know Amazon or whatever or mm. Netflix yeah totally is that is that what you mean or you don't mean that yeah I, okay yeah. I mean it, yeah I, I but we're the, not bu- financing budget, budget it ourselves yeah. we are not yes that is in no way and I really hope I'm not you know here a year from now being like all right support the Kickstarter for the Billy and Julie show like honestly that's another thing where I'm like I'm not twenty yeah no no. But honestly, there's also worse things than that. So never say never. I mean, a podcast is kind of like that, right? Well, podcast I do for free because it takes not a lot out of me. And the minute it does is when I'm like, I got to start making money off of this. I make a little bit of money from tips, but it's yeah. a, yeah, it's a labor of love. I, I kind of started it. So as there's a, still, there's still a little bit of kind of asking people to give you yeah you have something. to beg podcasters podcasters beg yeah. it's pathetic it's so pathetic but at least we didn't write piano man <laughs> at least we're not multi-billionaires i know i know um so it doesn't take a lot out of you but i mean it sounds like i mean, I mean interviewing the yeah. finagling the interviews is tough so you're doing your own outreach uh yeah ryan helps but um my producer ryan but it's mostly me. Yeah. But it's good for me, especially when I'm in between jobs. It's really good for me to see people once because I work from home, and you know, it's always good to like, oh, you know, so and so is coming over and <laughs> put makeup on, and you kind of like, oh, I'm a human being having an, an interaction with another human being, kind of. Yeah. And it's stimulating to talk to people when you sometimes need to schedule that in, and if it's just a social experience when you're like, oh, let's have drinks with you know Renata, and then. That, that's that's different than like I have an appointment to interview Susan Orlean and mm. I'm not going to like blow it off because I'm tired. You know yeah. what I mean? So it is it, that that's a therapeutic benefit. And then the other thing is that it's been the thing that I've done most um, for the longest with the most consistency. And I'm I'm proud of myself for that. I, I didn't know how long it would last and it's lasted longer than um, any any other things that I've done. So that that alone is reason enough to be like, why? How, I mean, how has it lasted that long? Uh, mostly because I have OCD, <laughs> and I have to like not miss an episode, and I have to do it every Thursday, and it has to come out every Friday. And at one point, it was like it has to have two guests, and now it just has one guest. Mm-hmm. And um, but um, it's important for me to 
it's like journaling in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, I, I mean, people the, journal every day and this is know, what I do every week. Speaking of therapeutic, the, the mm-hmm. top part of the show is. Yeah. Very therapeutic. Li- literally just you. Well, it talking. can be. Um, yes. It, it is very literally me talking to myself. Yes, that's true. Yeah. But the topics can range from, you know, me going through some shit. To me, you know, musing on whatever I'm obsessed with that week, pop culturally or things I find funny or things I observe. So I have the freedom of doing that, which is also really great just as an exercise. But it's more than an exercise. It's a thing. It's a thing. And I'm I'm proud of it. I draw from it a lot um, when I'm trying to think of like things to write. Hmm. I look back and think about the things I've talked about on the show. That's interesting. So it's it's. Uh, do do you reuse do you reuse things from it? You mean in in my writing? Yeah. Um, I used a bunch of plot lines in the pilot from monologue stuff. I went back and, you know, said like, oh, that's something that I could dramatize. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it, it is it's almost like doing it. A stand-up routine, and mm-hmm. you know, it's yeah, you and you're kind of telling jokes. Yeah, and I that was another thing that I wanted to challenge myself to do because I hadn't really done that. I'd done variety shows with, like, I've done basically like stand-up with a partner, and mm-hmm. I've done, you know, um, different sort of live stuff as a way of like kind of hiding the fact that I was scared of just talking and being myself. And so this is, and I know I'm still hiding because I'm. Like, <laughs> I'm not doing it as stand up necessarily, yeah. but it's um it works. It it's a good it's it's a good um it's a good medium match for what I have to say. Right How now. did you get around doing stand up? I mean that seems I did, I did stand up. I didn't really like I just wasn't very good and I didn't really stay stay at it. That's it. That, that, I mean, that's that's surprising to me because, again, like you know, I I was just listening to the most recent episode on the way here, and mm-hmm. I just feel like you know, as so so many standups out there are are you know again kind of like honing the same hour, mm-hmm. and you're coming up with completely different material yeah, every week. Half I mean, it seems week. like that would translate pretty I know. easily. You think maybe maybe there's something wrong with me? Are you that a bad I'm not editor? Taking the step. Am I a bad editor? Yeah, are you bad at uh, are you bad at like really sort of editing down and, and choosing the material? Maybe I think I also, you know what it is? I, I don't think I give myself permission to ramble mm. in front of an ad, an audience. Yeah. Like I give myself permission to ramble when I'm alone and it's a safe space. And same thing with writing. Like I'm an audience of one, so there's a safety to like if I'm going for something and there isn't. You know, the instant feedback of a laugh is not the end of the world. So I can sort of discover things. But when I'm on stage, I tend to be very Pavlovian mm-hmm. about, like, something doesn't get a laugh. There's no point in, like, ruminating on it or doing what I do on the show that I really give myself permission to find things as a storyteller. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't think I'd have the same kind of ability to kind of take the pressure off of myself as a writer Hmm. on stage in front of people. I I would have to like write it out and memorize it and then see what works. And that's kind of what I did with the cabaret show, which was like, just write stuff, see what works, see what doesn't cut it, you know, write something new. And that's just more about to me writing and performing. That's not quite stand up, 
but what, yeah. what, what is I mean what what is the process of, of of a monologue? Are you you're writing something down at some point, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I keep notes throughout the week. I start like a an Apple Note, like those little yeah. yellow things with the Sticky. terrible font yeah. that comes written into mm-hmm. it that I don't bother changing. The, the, the ripped paper. Up yeah, the top yeah, yeah. So yeah. I keep one of those throughout the week, and when I remember something that I think would be funny to talk about, I write it down. And then on Thursday night, I have a list of things that I have been keeping throughout the week, but it's just a list of things. It's not like a story. It's not even a sentence. It's Mm. like, like for this week, I just have Johnny rock written down because that's the name of Dennis Leary's character on this new show that FX just bought Mm -hmm. where he's like a former rock star. And like now he doesn't do cocaine. He like takes prostate medicine. Mm. Like it's the most shocking offensive thing I've ever seen in my life. Oh yeah. And it went right right to series. (laughs) Johnny rocks going straight to series. So like, that's an example of something that I have, you know, a point of departure for. And then I kind of will Like you've got to go be a little and, like angry or you've got to be a little. Yeah. It, it, it depends. Like the more it's, it's all about giving yourself permission in a way. It's about giving yourself permission to find and fail and be silly and be stuck and then trust that you'll either come back to it and it'll be interesting or you'll find something new that'll be interesting. It's almost like it's it's more social to me. It's really like a one-sided conversation yeah. at a party more than um, – because I do socially tend to either like I – I put a lot of pressure on myself to entertain people that I talk to, God. which is exhausting. Yeah. yeah. So, awkward silences are I, – I can't. Yeah. I still can't. I'm trying to get better at I'm it. I'm trying to get better but too. Can't. Yeah. It, it, it helps when you put – listening as a as a goal because that's something i'm i'm very trying to be very mindful of yeah mm-hmm. even with people i know though it's still it's still an issue it, i mean it shouldn't be you know like, like friends of you know of just like doing your best to, to make sure that there are as many words as possible happening in that period of time that you're spending with that you're person. jewish right yeah yeah it's normal is that a thing yeah okay yeah jews are terrified of silence yeah yeah, it means the Germans are coming. I don't know, but it, it, we are we are afraid it's of true. silence. It's true. We we think it denotes failure. I, yeah. I don't know. It's a very chatty. Like I I did not grow up with any silence in my home. So it, 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 it's interesting though. Again and again, getting back to the to the live format versus the podcast mm-hmm. format. Um, you know, you, you had said earlier that uh, you know there, there there were there are things that you were willing to say on stage because they're not saved for right. You know, for posterity, you're going to be like, "What are they? Say them into the microphone yeah, exactly. for posterity." Um, no, but you know, versus versus this idea of like having a, a safe space where you can just sort of let the ideas flow. Yeah, but you're still sensing yourself a little bit. A little. I mean, I'm not going to fool myself. Like, I still censor myself on stage too. Yeah, yeah but it's a different kind of. There's also something about cabaret where you can be meaner, you can be like dirtier, you can be angrier because it's theatrical. It's okay. Mm. People, yeah, people like want someone who's over the yeah. Someone yeah. Else, people want someone that's a little over the top. Like people want some someone to be like a little bit more drag queeny. Like that's that's part of the the showmanship of it. Um, that the things I do on my show are not any less honest. But there's always going to be a degree of censorship. Like, I don't really talk about my family on the show. And 
I don't really talk, um, you know, it, up until my, my breakup about a year and a half ago, I didn't talk about my relationship mm. a lot. And, um, there's, there's definitely stuff I keep it. it yeah. Yeah. My career to some extent, like I don't, you know, that's something I'm very conscientious of because you don't want to burn bridges. But at the same time, at a certain point, you just have to be like, fuck everything. Like, yeah, I mean, that's what that's that's what most people are drawing on. Right. I mean, what? Uh, their their personal bridge lives. burning. No, no. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that's that's a consequence of it. Yeah. Certainly, but of. You know, of, of, of their interpersonal relationships. I mean, that's- Sure, no, and I talk about that. And I, I, you know, I had my heart broken about a year ago over the summer, and that really put me into, like, a pretty intense depression, and I talked about that, and I yeah. talked through it. Yeah, but that's, it's also, like, there's no rules to it. It's just kind of as you feel it out. And if it feels weird, then I don't do it. Well, I mean, your, your first book was yeah really personal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you needed... You needed a, a window of time. Um, it was a completely different experience, and it was a completely different phase of my career, and I, mm. I really needed to make that book as honest and as visceral as possible for the sake of making it as good as it could be and as honest as it could be, and also to put myself out there as much as I possibly could because it was a really it was a really big opportunity for me for exposure mm. and for, um, you know, a de- like it kind of put me on the map and yeah. I had, yeah, like you got, it's like I was young. I needed the money, <laughs> but you know, it, it was really important for me to bear all. If I was yeah. going to do a book, I wasn't going to half ass it. And you know, that, that subject matter was stuff that was really important to me at the time. And so I put it all out there and I, I said to myself, you know, I may regret this, but you know, it was, I was compelled to do it. And, and I think more good of it came from, it than anything else I still get emails from mostly young women who are like you know I love your book and that means a lot to me but if that's but if that's the you know the first really kind of high profile thing you're doing if mm-hmm. that's again what's putting you on the map I mean aren't you setting the bar somewhere aren't you are, are, isn't there an expectation that you're going to be the confessional overly honest comedian um I don't know I think people People do expect me to be honest. Confessional, I don't know. I don't... I haven't experienced a lot of... um, I don't really have experience with that kind of expectation Mm. where people are like, who are you dating? Spill it. It's not like that. You know, it's it's funny because my book was really about my past. Yeah. Not my present. So there's not... I think I think I also offer people like a fair amount of transparency so that they do feel satisfied with my personal, you know, um, with my personal stuff being out there and, and me processing it out loud. Because most people don't do that at all. I think it's nice to hear somebody sort of speaking honestly. So, but yeah, but I don't have to like get as like, it, it's not... Um, what is that called? An operating theater? What is that thing called? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. not it's not quite like that anymore, but it's still personal and honest, and, it, and it's also like a better reflection of who I am. Like, that book was closer to who I was then, and now what I do is closer to who I am now. Were, were, did, did you burn bridges from that book? I mean, were there, I'm sure I did. Yeah. I mean, I haven't heard from anyone I wrote about. There's a couple people I regret writing about. Um... But um, 
I very well may have, but I don't know. You wrote a YA book too. Yes, I did. How did how did that happen? Well, someone paid me to do it, and I did it. I know that was a terrible <laughs> question. No, but it, uh, you know, I, I I had a thing that was published in the New York Times in the Modern Love. Yeah column that how are, how got books me. Made? I'm sorry. Books made. No, it's okay. <laughs> they give you an advance and then you don't sell enough oh, no, to I make know how royalties, is, how but make you get to keep and, the advance. Yeah. Trees. <laughs> no, there was, um, I had this modern love column and that exposure was really important for the book to mm. exist. And around the time that it came out, my agent, my literary agent fielded inquiries from people that you know, one editor said, like, is Julie interested in YA? And and I said, oh, that's an interesting opportunity. And I thought about it and I came up with something and I went back to him and then we sold it to somebody else. And it was, um, that's that's kind of it. But, yeah. Were, were, were you actually, like, dipping your toes in the water with a the column there? Were you expecting? Uh, I was terrified. What, what I was, was really scared. It was just a chapter that became. It was a. It was an essay that became a chapter. The okay. the self titled chapter of the, of the book. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was about going out with a musician and just being disappointed, and it not really being like a boyfriend or a relationship. I really only went out with him like twice, but it was something that I walked away with like, huh? That that sort of sucked. Yeah. It wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't like horrible. I wasn't furious, but. I told somebody about it and she really validated me and she was like, no, that's bullshit. You have every right to be angry. And I was like, oh, thanks. It was almost like somebody had given me permission to feel bad because I felt bad and I felt stupid for feeling bad because it was like, oh, this guy just went out with him once. Like, what did I expect? And And I think sometimes that's important to give someone permission to feel the way they feel or validate like, no, I can understand why you feel that way. That really fucking sucks. I read, yeah, I just read a study about depression recently. Mm -hmm. Um, about how it's much better to sort of commiserate than it is to <laughs> tell people that it's going to get better. Yeah. Which I, this, which I think is spot on. Counterintuitive to yeah. everything that Jewish people are raised with. Yes. Well, yeah. why I, are you sad? Let's get this. Let's, let's work on this together. Yeah. No, 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 no. no but, but versus versus like, oh, it's going to get better, which I don't think is a Jewish condescending. thing. Yeah. It's condescending. It's like, fuck you. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody tells you it's going to get better. You're like, you're not listening. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah. really have to hear somebody and you really have to... That's why I say, like, listening. And So I think when I wrote that, it was... I, I remember writing it out and being like, oh, this is good. And I think part of me saying this is good was my thinking about a reader having the same experience mm-hmm. that I had talking to a girlfriend and her saying, no, that really sucks. You have yeah. every right to be mad. And then it, you know, was published and I got a lot of attention and Gawker was like, who's the person that Julie wrote about? And I lost. Oh, my God. I was at Whole Foods and someone texted me. They're like, you got Gawkered. And That's I kind of the greatest, though. No, isn't it? it was horrible. <laughs> I can't even tell you, like, my heart dropped really? to my feet. Yes. My pulse, like, went up. I just felt like I was going to pass out I, I hated it I hated it um, because I, I you know what it was also is like nobody knew me like nobody knew me nobody thought I was cool or funny or like knew anything that I did it was just more like oh this girl wrote this thing oh, I see. Okay. what are her goals is she like yeah. 
Yeah, is she just like a whore that wants to get back at someone? Is she like a sour grapes person? Is she like, you know, who the fuck is she? And I don't know if my essay was enough to put me in the good graces of like people who read it, but Gawker seemed to be pretty nice about it. And then David Rakoff said, um, I really liked your piece in Sunday Times. And I thought you were really, I thought you were really gracious to the guy you wrote about. And I was like, really? And um, David saying that was a really big deal. Yeah. Yeah. And whether or not I believed him, because I, I will always feel guilty about, you know. Just the act of writing about it? Yes. And I, yeah, I do. I feel guilty. But I also feel guilty about everything. I feel <laughs> guilty about waking up today at eight instead of six. You know, like I, I, I just live with a certain amount mm-hmm. of no, guilt. I, 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 I get that. Yeah. Yeah. So um, that was... Uh, that was that was really encouraging. But that because he's like the, he was like the sweetest guy yeah, in the world. Yeah, yeah, and that's like having yeah. <laughs> it's like having. I was know, trying to think of a good. I was like, that's having if, a if good you're a person. playwright, like yeah. Shakespeare yeah. calls you, and he's like, "Good job," yeah. and you're like, "Okay, maybe, maybe I should, maybe I should not feel like an asshole for doing this, and yeah. maybe I should do more of it." And yeah, so that was then, and I try not to regret things but there are a couple things i wish i'd done differently but but that that autobiographical piece becomes mm-hmm. a chapter in yes. the fictional book it's not fictional that it's was not, not the ya book that was oh, okay. the um, oh, okay. that became i think we crossed yeah, yeah. wires there for a second no 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 i'm okay. sorry i'm sorry <laughs> yeah yeah no that that was that became a chapter in my memoir i see i see so how does <laughs> how does a ya book get made i don't know brian you don't know you got to google it yeah no, I told you. They came to my agent. My yeah. agent set me up with a couple of editors, and I talked about an idea I had, and then I went back and... Oh, no, I came up with an idea. And but, then but I sent you... it to my agent, and then he sent it around, and one woman really bit, and she was into it. She was the woman who discovered Gossip Girl. Mm. and but, she... they, but they approached you about doing a white One editor you... did, originally. When and it I wasn't had the... something you had thought about up till then. No, oh. it wasn't. Yeah. And that kind of, and my agent, I think, because YA still sells, so I think my agent was probably trying to plant a seed as yeah. well and say, like, this woman's thinking, and I was like, oh, that's interesting. I never, it never occurred to me. Met with her. She didn't love my proposal but another editor did and then she and I ended up working together after a couple of years of back and forth and me writing chapters and um, my agent my literary agent I'm very fortunate to have uh, someone who reads and listens and thinks and gives me good feedback and won't submit things that aren't good enough to submit and so he gave me feedback on my chapters and by the time they were ready to submit, we came up with a deal and I got an advance and then I, I wrote the book. It's that, it's that, that like that years of back and forth. I mean, that's the, that's the hard part. That's what, you know, as, as, as a, as a new freelancer is something mm-hmm. that's hard to deal with. It's just, everything takes so fucking long. I know you can't think of it as a book. You have to, you just have to take it chapter by chapter. Yeah. yeah don't. But is that, but is that what the podcast is bringing to you is like something that you can, do every week yeah, and have a new nice. thing that you've made yes it's wonderful it's like an artist doing a sketch you yeah. know like a live sketching class every thursday night you know you have like a model and you put on music and then you have like three hours of work you know because you have to do it and there's it's funny like the freelance stuff is it reminds me of like 
people who say to me, you must have great self-discipline. I have terrible self-discipline. I, I either like... You wake up at eight o'clock instead of six. Well, yeah, exactly. I, well, my, my, my inner voice is either completely indulgent yeah. or it's just like Hitler. There's nothing in between. Mm-hmm. And I don't have good discipline. What I do have is motivation to check off things on my to-do list. Mm. And I like, I like that. That's I'm more like reward yeah. oriented and my rewards have to do with like, all right, did that, that, that feels good to me that there's like a little pleasure release that checking that thing off the list gives me that. I I wonder if that's helpful to people that are frustrated with like, you know, there are people who are like, I can't, you know, have the internet on and I can't work from home and I have to like, you know, get up at six. It's like, I, I, all of that is just really sounds really punishing to me. Writing is hard enough. You're, you know, your your brain shouldn't make it harder. You know, if you if you if you can facilitate um, any kindness, it will make the process easier. Because making it harder doesn't make the final result better. I I, I understand the the need for for structure. I mean, I totally yeah. I get that. You know, and that that's that's been the hardest thing for me is. Um, is literally f- moving from going into an office every day to, to doing this from really? home. Really? I hate moving into an office every day. That was my... Oh, what was raining one morning? Oh, horrible. I look at... Sometimes I would be like, I can't believe they want me to come in and it's raining. Are you kidding me? What kind of a joke is this? I would be so appalled. I have... See, I have the exact opposite. And, and again, this is... I mean, this is part... Partially, probably self-punishment, mm-hmm. partially the fact that I've been doing it for so long. But, like, me walking around in the middle of the day, I feel weird about still. You know what I mean? Like, the, mm-hmm. the, that I'm not yeah. downtown, that I'm not in the office. The fact mm-hmm. that, like, it's 4 o'clock and it's I'm It's really, not... oh, 4 o'clock and 3 o'clock are the most important times to take walks. Yeah, but, but I mean, just from the standpoint of, like, I am not in an office. Mm-hmm. I'm still trying to figure out if... if I can survive, you know, like make, make Without money. Without having and, that, yeah. Yeah, to actually like literally, literally survive like this. But I'm actually feeling a sense of guilt mm-hmm. that I'm not working during work hours. You'll get over it. Or you can, you know what I find to be a good substitute for structure mm-hmm. is just curating your days and weeks as they come and saying like, oh, I don't have anything Wednesday. Um maybe I can have lunch with a, like, I don't know. It's, it's nice to, I, I like the freedom of being able to collage my experience with like, yeah. I have a podcast interview then I'm going to see my shrink. Then I'm going to have drinks with my editor. That's Monday, Tuesday. I'm going to write until five. And then at five, I'm going to go, you know, see my, uh, I, I'm starting to see a trainer. I don't like saying that I'm going to go see my trainer. It makes me feel very uncomfortable, very LA. She makes me do things yeah. that I would never put into words. They're horrible. You'd have to jump up on the thing with the oh, There is the... equipment I've never yeah. seen before, heard of. It, it's all completely like I'm trying to be anthropological about it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, that's wow. They really just like tie something to your waist and mm. make you pull it like a, like a dog. Yeah, like cattle, yeah. So that would be like another example of like, you know, a structured 
a structure, not yeah, structure, it is structure, not routine. You, you routine is calendar, what bothers. You don't have a calendar with a bunch of question marks on it, right? But routine, I think, is the thing that drives me crazy. And yeah. then I'll see a blank day, and I'll be like, "Oh, hooray! I have nothing to do Tuesday. Yeah. Maybe I can get like writing done, or maybe I can like." It's just always nice to like have an open day too, because I always end up finding stuff for myself to do. At, at what point? At what point is it clear that you've kind of cobbled together a career for yourself? Like, when you can make enough money to pay your rent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What were you What were you doing in the meantime? Everything. Yeah. Everything. Like to to make rent besides what I do now that I love. Yeah. When before before again you know again before you're mm-hmm. I'm a professional this. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, writer uh, that I'm able to make a living writing is a huge source of pride yeah. for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's huge. Sort of, sort of where my self esteem comes from, which is why whenever I'm out of money, I feel like human garbage. Like I feel like worse than dirt. Um, but that's also like a lot of that is just New York City having crazy rents. Yeah, yeah. Um, but before that, oh God, you name it. Like I tempt, I babysat, I taught, I was a substitute teacher, I worked in production, I worked as a receptionist, I worked as people's assistants. Um, I, uh, you know. I, I did whatever, you know, if it was like a creative industry, that was sort of what I worked toward. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, it was all it was all pathetic. It was yeah. all awful. That, that, yeah, that was always the that's a question I'm still sort of like asking myself is like, you know, when you have a, a, a goal, do you want to work around that? Do you want to work in the, the vicinity? of? You that? should. But yeah. That's that's what I figured out. I mean, unless it like unless you're you're sickened by not being able to do what you want to do yeah. in that world. Yeah, it's and again, fucking horrible to like do what you want to do around you. Yeah, but that's like part of the deal. You know, you got to you have to be in it, like because those relationships are gonna be the thing that sustains you. And yeah. yeah, and if you're good, people know it. And I guess you have to sort of figure out what success means for you ultimately because that's i mean that that's the that's you know you me- you mentioned the 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 show pilot and and this mm-hmm. idea of like feeling jealousy watching other people sort of mm-hmm. achieve your mm-hmm. goals mm-hmm. but you have to you could always be doing worse and you could always be doing yeah better. you have to realize that yeah. you're achieving somebody's goals at some point yeah right? yeah that you're doing something that is going to make somebody somewhere feel jealous well yeah that's sure the yeah. yeah that's the ultimate goal right <laughs> no no you also like have to I mean, the only person I really compare myself to is myself. So that's always something that I have to look back instead of around. Yeah. To feel good about where I am. We uh, we briefly spoke about your your mom before uh, turning the tape recorder on, and you know, mm-hmm. at what point does she does she acknowledge that you've got that you've you've cobbled together a career? Oh God, that's a whole. What is this? <laughs> this is going to be a whole other conversation. Yeah. She just sent me a text, and there's a. Emoji of a sunglasses smiley. So that answers your question. No, it doesn't. I mean, she's proud of you. Um, she is proud of me. Yeah. She came to my shows at uh, Joe's and, she's, you know. She's a New Yorker? Yeah. Yeah, she grew up in Brooklyn. And my dad's okay. from the Bronx. So, I mean, we're like real New York Jews. We're not, we're not fucking around. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. That was uh, Julie Klauser. Uh, been, been trying to get her on the show for a while. Yeah, she's she's living in all sorts of different coasts. She's a, she's a very busy person. We finally finally managed 
finally managed to carve out some time, uh, sat down on her couch in uh, in Manhattan, um, and uh, talked uh, talked about how I'm not really interested in musical theater for for a very long amount of time. I think uh, a fair a fair portion of that was actually cut out of, of the, the final interview, which is you know ultimately probably for the best, probably something that um, I'm probably the only person interested in um hopefully she she was slightly interested in having having that conversation as well uh she she did not however convince me to be in the musical theater um i i just i don't i don't think i'm ever gonna be able to to um really sort of embrace the idea of uh sitting in a darkened theater and watching spontaneous song but 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 the thing is is is, is you know is, is, is i'm all right with that that i'm that i'm living my life comfortable in the fact that um that uh, I, I probably probably won't go see Hedwig while it's still on Broadway. Uh, thanks, uh, thanks so much to Julie for taking the time to do that. She's got a really fantastic podcast that you should uh, check out. It's called How Was Your Week? It's on iTunes. It's free. Uh, she's got uh, she's got a book called I Don't Care About Your Band. She's got another book called Art Girls Are Easy. Uh, and as we talked about in the conversation, she's got a pilot she's working on with her had had worked on with Billy Eichner. So you know, fingers crossed. Hopefully that will become a thing that we can actually watch on our our television sets so uh thanks so much to julie for taking the time to do that uh thanks to uh thanks thanks to brian as always for writing the thing together thanks to mark and everybody else at uh, boing boing and the boing boy podcast network for hosting us up over there uh if you like this show there are lots of other shows that you will probably like you can check those out over on itunes you can check them out on uh, boing boing.net oh and while you're on itunes you should you know take 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 the opportunity to to rate the show it's uh i mean it means a lot uh you can also follow us on tumblr uh, that's uh, riylcast.tumblr.com you'll get the show uh hours if not days before you'll see it up over at boing i mean I'm, I'm not trying to cut into boing boing's traffic uh but i think we'll i i think we'll do just fine without that uh you can uh, you can send us an email that one's also riylcast that's riylcast at gmail.com if you got any feedback or anything else uh all sorts of great podcasts all sorts of great interviews lined up uh, just you know actually just did another one yesterday kevin seconds of uh seven seconds if you like if you like talking p2 to, to two dudes talking about hardcore music on uh, on the streets of brooklyn you will enjoy that very much uh lots of good shows coming up in the near future in the, in the meantime um we will catch you just about this time next week with another episode of riyl